Hello, hello, everyone. It's another edition of Say What Now. I am Keela Crane from beautiful Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, Yeah, I'm in the home of the Backstreet Boys, Old Town, NSYNC, Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Daisy, all them here in Orlando doing some work. Um, But I'm super excited uh, to be here and to be back with all of you. So it's a busy week and it's a busy week ahead. So let's go ahead and get started. Uh, First and foremost, uh, by the time that you guys hear this, uh, we'll be on the other side of September 11th. It's the 15th anniversary of September 11th um, terrorist attack in New York um, that killed 3,000 people. Um, in New York, Pennsylvania, and in Washington, D.C. Um, I, everybody's been talking about where were you on September 11th, 2001. I really try not to call it 9-11 because I think shortening it kind of makes it just very routine and not kind of giving it the type of, um, the type of deference that it really deserves. Um, and so on, for me, on September, September 11th, 2001, I was a sophomore in college and getting ready for, I think I just got out of a class, biology class or something, and walking back toward on campus and heard about like somebody told me about it and then I immediately tried to call my cousin who was living in New York at the time not really knowing had never been to New York City not really knowing um what where was what so I knew he lived in New York City in a part of New York City so I'm calling you know scared because I didn't know where he was and he was in Brooklyn and if you know anything about New York City and Brooklyn, um, the Brooklyn borough of New York City and where everything happened um, in Manhattan, he was nowhere near. But still, it was very scary um, because you never know where people can be, even though they live in a certain part of that city or even that state or Jersey. So um, I know that all the um, cable shows are doing... um, retrospectives about it I think it's kind of um, it's not necessarily just morbid but some cable stations do a reflection every year and it can be very triggering for a lot of people um, to see those images on TV I remember watching it in my room um, in my college dorm uh, live and seeing um, the fire coming out of the buildings watching the the Uh, buildings tumbled to the ground live real time Um, and it's frightening it is um, it was very um, it was traumatizing I remember I had to get on a plane two weeks later to go to um, California and it was uh, the scariest thing Um, and what it what it really kind of how it transformed not only America but the world is just um it's amazing in the fact that we have been in wars pretty much ever since um for one reason or another um is tragic so definitely um 
I feel and pray for all of the people that were affected by this personally, um, that had loved ones that were in the towers or um, on those planes. Um, and uh, for all of us that we really kind of were affected by that day. Um, and we have seen other terrorism um acted, whether it was in the Oklahoma City bombing. I mean, before what happened on September 11th, you had the Oklahoma City bombing where the two people that were crazy from my home state, unfortunately, went to Oklahoma and set up um, trucks and blew up the federal building because they were mad at the country or something. I don't know why they did that foolishness, but um, they did that. Um, Somebody else tried to blow up the World Trade Center. I think Osama bin Laden tried to blow up the World Trade Center again in 1993 and was partially successful. Um, And so there have been other instances before September 11th, but uh, this one was the most, quote unquote, successful um, for the terrorists um, act that has been done massively now. We all know, and I have talked about on this show, and I've talked about in other spaces, that this was not the only terrorist we have lived through, and black people in particular have lived through terrorism since we got here. Not on our own accord. Um and so we, we, we may need, we, sh- we should, and I think that we probably will on this show and other shows have a big conversation about terrorism and terrorist organizations that um, have been homegrown. I mean, homegrown terrorism in America is nothing new. I mean, the Klan has been a terrorist organization for the last 150 years, but nobody calls them a terrorist organization and they're free to live and breathe and organize and gain members even to this day. So, um, you know, it's dependent upon who who decides who is a terrorist organization, who's not. The Nazis, the neo-Nazis are still able to organize and be a a free organization here um, in America and have uh, First Amendment rights and all of that. So, you know, how how strong are we against terrorism? It depends on who you're talking to. But on this day, for this particular purpose, we are talking about this type of terrorism um, and how it has affected us and changed us Um And I don't think necessarily for the better. Um, Everybody is on hyper alert. We've been on an orange alert um, since they basically created that rainbow system. I think around like 2002, 2003 have never dropped lower than orange. We've risen a couple of times, but I don't think we've ever been lower than orange. So I don't know why there are these other levels because I don't think we will ever drop lower than that. So, um it's just unfortunate how we have had to change as a people um, due to what happened on that day. But, um, you know, as I said here in Orlando, it looks so similar to what it did uh, 15 years ago, almost um, in South Carolina, where I was in school. I mean, it was a crystal clear blue day, not a not a cloud in the sky. It was gorgeous, um, which is so crazy to think about the um the evil and how dark and 
theory, the day became um, just a couple hours later. So, um, yes, so that's 9-11 or September 11, um, 2001, 15 years later. Um, it's a sad Remembrance Day. I'm sure we're not going to ever create a holiday for it. But um, we do pause and take note of it, which I think is absolutely correct. And we should. So um, that's my contribution to that. Um, So moving on to things that are more important and less important at the same time. So, again, we're continuing this march to November 8th. It can't come soon enough. Um, So this week in foolishness on the campaign trail. Um, we had an interesting commander-in-chief form. So the first pseudo-debate happened this week between Hillary Clinton, Secretary Clinton, and Donald Trump. And it was a mess. Like, it was a mess in live, and then it was a mess afterwards. So if you didn't watch it, which I'm sure you can Google or you know, YouTube it or whichever, if you have an hour to not waste, but waste. Um, Secretary Clinton went first and they spent a lot of time talking about her emails. Now, let me back up. So it was supposed to be um, a forum where they talk about issues affecting uh, people in the military. So military uh current military members as well as veterans um the only people that were in the crowd were either veterans or uh, military families and then matt lauer from the today show was the moderator side note matt poor matt has been dragged through the mud and we'll get that get to that but he has been dragged ever since he did this which he didn't have to do but he decided to and he has been he probably regrets it anyway um so hillary clinton went first and matt and she and matt talked mostly about the email controversy which really should be dead by now um with everything else that's going on she messed up she did stuff she didn't have no business doing she gets it we get it it's really just kind of a way for, I think, the Republicans to try to drag her down. She has the ability, unfortunately, to do that for herself. Um, but this stupid controversy about her emails is ridiculous. But anyway, so they talked about that mostly. Now, what that has to do with veterans, I don't know. What that has to do with uh, current military personnel, Mm, maybe because if you're sending out secrets about national security issues, then that may lead to service members having to go go fight for something or put them in harm's way because they'll be intercepted. And then the people who would do us harm will know where they are or know our plans or know this or know that. Now, one, this email situation happened in the past. Two, she's no longer Secretary of, three, Secretary of State. Three, she's running for president, not to redo her time as Secretary of State. And so the amount of emails that she actually will be sending is nil. Um, she's going to have people to do that. 
she talks and they send emails and do all these other things. You, if you recall, in two thousand and nine, two thousand, yeah, two thousand between two thousand nine, two thousand and ten, President Obama like begged to get his BlackBerry back because they took everything from him. He didn't have a BlackBerry. Like, what do you need BlackBerry for, sir? Everybody else has a one for you. You don't need a computer. Every time you see him. You know, at his desk, he don't have a computer, he don't have a laptop, he don't have nothing. So, now granted, that's in the Oval Office. He has also a private study, and then he also does work at the residence. So, it could very well that he has one of those devices somewhere else in the White House, but the fact still remains is that you have over 200,000 people that work on your behalf in some form or fashion. And so the amount of emails that you actually need to do will be even less um, than she would have to do as Secretary of State. And I mean, significantly less um, in my estimation. So the um, the issue should not arise again. And, you know, OK, you make mistakes. Great. So um, they talked about that. And then towards the end of her time, she only got like a couple of questions from either military veterans or military family members. Now, what they don't really talk about on the news is how long it took her to answer questions, which cut into her time. And Matt kept telling her, hey, girl, you need to sew this up because... um, it's time. We got to move on. I only have 30 minutes. And so she acted like she didn't hear him or that she needed to really get her message out. Now, I think that going forward, they're going to have to work on her finding a way to say whatever it is that she needs to say about whichever topic in a much more concise way. Because if she does not, it's going to be like... Um, it's going to be like what President Obama did during his debates where you drone on and on and on because the issue is complicated. Yes, we know that the issue is complicated, but we also know that you don't have all day to talk. So you need to find a way to make it so that you you can underscore the, the complexity of the issue. Talk about your plan, but also be able to fit it within the time. I mean, you can run over a little bit because they don't really take keep very good time, but you need to be able to say it quickly so people can digest it too. I mean, ugh. that's that's the thing about debates. Any debate, when you're in moot court, if you went to law school, if you do the debate team at school, you only have a certain amount of time to get in what you need to get in. And you have to find a way to do that quickly. So, I mean, you know, good luck. I don't know. But then... We turn to Donald Trump and for the life of me, I really don't know why people support him for real. Like people of conscience, people who do the types of things that they quote, quote, support him for a living, like national security officers. I don't get it that he has he has no plan. He has not articulated a plan in public. So unless they get him into a private room and be like, oh, hey, this is my plan. You can't tell nobody about it. I'm not going to tell nobody about it until January 21st, 2017, um, et cetera, et cetera. He he sat up there. <laughs> he sat up there with Matt Lauer on that um, forum and said absolutely nothing. 
nothing did he say of consequence that um we could be like oh his plan for um the to overhaul the va is blah 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 blah. i don't agree but at least i know what his plan is oh his plan to ensure that um sexual assault um sexual assaults in the military goes down is da 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 da. that's a pretty good plan i might tweak it here but that's a pretty good plan no what he said was that we should have a military it should stay within the military when you um have people um, go through the system or people being arrested or tried um they should go through the military court system That ain't the answer, sir, because they already do that. That that does not help reduce the number of assaults. That just helps. Anyway, I'm not doing that. Um, he 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 doesn't have a plan, so I don't understand how he has supporters um, that are real service people, real people who really want to, who have protected or try to protect this nation. It's amazing. So, um, he sat up there for about a half an hour and hemmed his, and honed his way through these questions that Matt Lauer posed to him. Um, the only thing that he did say, which was no plan, but which was just more, um, more food, I guess, for his, 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 supporters was that the Russian dictator President Vladimir Putin was a better leader than President Obama now even if you think that sir you do not say that in public you do not say that on TV you do not say that for international TV you do not say that anywhere that anybody with any kind of mic would ever be able to pick that up you know first of all even if he was not Vladimir Putin, who we despise as a nation and who we are in constant um, tit for tat with as a nation and have been so for the last, I don't know how many years, um, even if it was President alone in France or even if it was Chancellor Merkel in, 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 in Germany or if it was whoever the president is right now in Brazil, you do not say that. Any other president is better, is a better leader than your current president. Any foreign leader is better than your American president. You do not say that. That that just doesn't make any sense. You, you that does not make any sense. You do not say things like that. You say, I think that I could be a better leader than him. But to compare him to a foreign leader, no. So, ugh, I just, so, I don't know. Um, so everybody's been talking about that since that happened, since he made that stupid comment. Um, and not talking about the fact that he didn't say anything to Matt about his plan. Um, they're trying to make sure, try to connect, um, Donald Trump with Russia and talking about how his former campaign manager, um, Paul Manitoff, Mana, Manafort, Paul Manafort, yes, um, 
used to work for pro-Russian Ukraine people and how they changed the part in the RNC platform to help um, um, Ukraine and Russia and all of this. My thing is just that, I mean, that's all well and good and that helps with the national security thing or topic of um, the day, but the fact still remains is that he does not have a plan at all. And that is what needs to be full stop, full center stage every day until he gets one. He has no idea of what to do. He just says that, believe me, it's going to be better. Believe me, it's going to be great. Believe me, believe me. I can't believe you because you have not told me anything. You have not shown me anything for why should I believe you? Because you ran your own country, I mean, your own company. So what does that mean? That doesn't mean that you know anything about what it takes to run a nation. You may know things about real estate and, you know, fine. But that doesn't mean that you know about education and national security and civil rights and um, the interior and how to negotiate with different foreign leaders. Oh, right. I don't know if we talked about this, about him going down to Mexico and um, chilling out with the Mexican president who is about in as bad a shape as he is politically in his in um, that the Mexican president <clears throat> Peña Nieto is about as in bad shape um, there as Donald Trump is here. Nobody likes either one of them. But um, Donald Trump is the one who's called his people, the Mexican people, all types of rapists and murderers and that they shouldn't be trusted and they shouldn't be able to be allowed uh, to come to the United States. And only a few, few of them that come to the United States are good, but the vast majority of them are rapists and killers or whichever. So why he sat up there and allowed this man to come to um, Donald Trump to come to his country, I don't know. But there's been a super big fallout from that in Mexico. They don't see it for him. And the few people that did see it for him don't anymore. So, um, but yeah, so the commander in chief forum that was on MSNBC this week was a total complete mess. Uh, hopefully the debates later in the month will be better. I doubt it, but hopefully, um, because they're incomparable. You cannot compare somebody who has a serious plan to someone who has no plan. You don't, compare those two things because they're not the same. You need to compare somebody who actually has a plan with somebody else who has a plan. And then you weigh out those two plans and figure out which way you want to lean. I mean, and I don't know why that has not been crystal clear and why people are not really talking about that. Um, But it's just, it's unfortunate because Um, There are definite things in Secretary Clinton's plan that could be pushed or could be strengthened. But when you're running against somebody who has no plan, it's like what we were talking about last week that, you know, the secretary decided, oh, I'm going to just take two weeks off because these poll numbers are cool and um, I don't have no worries. And then she she all of a sudden got some worries. And now you see her everywhere and doing press conferences and such, which he had not done for about eight months and 
all of this because the polls are tightening and she got a little concerned um, that she was going to lose. So I don't know. As I have said since January, I cannot wait for this election to be over. It is a hot mess. Um, and that's that. Um, so I really want to turn quickly to um, the football season. And Thursday was the very first night of NFL football. I'm so excited because, as I said on the first show, we will talk about sports some, but we definitely were going to talk about sports during football season. And I'm really, really excited. My team, the Tennessee Titan look. Titans look very good. I'm really excited about Marcus. He's doing a fantastic job as a second-year quarterback. Um, we put some play, uh, pieces in place so that he'll have people to throw to, people to uh, run the ball. I don't know how we got DeMarco Murray, but I'm super excited that he's here along with Derrick Henry uh, from Alabama as our rookie um, running back. Um so we have some really good pieces. So I think that our team really has a chance. But oh, as with the NFL and women who are really promoting women, we really have like a love-hate relationship because the NFL stays doing messed up stuff. So we talked about Colin, I think, last week. Um, where he's continuing his protest about police brutality and doing it in the way that he feels is best, which is to either sit or kneel during the national anthem. And I think that we talked about it where the uh, front office people were like, oh, I don't see it for Colin. I would not have him come to my team, uh, which is the reason why. Yes, because we talked about the diversity in the front office and how that is very lacking in most major sports, but definitely in the NFL, Um, (laughs) because that's really the only way that they would be able to fix their lips to say something like that when 70 to 80 percent of the NFL is black. Anyway, um, so I ju- so now there's more NFL players that are wanting to join uh, Collins' protest. You see that the entire Seattle Seahawks team is thinking about doing something um, on Sunday. Um, I think. Oh, uh, um, a player for the Denver Broncos did something this past week uh, for which he lost one of his endorsements or or spokesman roles at a military affiliated um, uh, credit union out there in Denver, which. okay, Um, who else? Um, I think there's other players that are talking about it, but then you got. Oh, me. You have um, Ray Lewis and other people who are still flapping their gums about this protest. And I'm just like, Ray Lewis, I need you not to do this. Like, if you don't like the manner in which Colin... um, is protesting, then you just need to say, I like 
I'm I'm with his protest. I get it. Um, yes, we need to do more pu- more police brutality. Uh, we need to combat police brutality more. I'm sorry. Um, and that's it. You don't need to talk about the way that he protests because the way that he protests may not be the way that you protest. But he is entitled to protest in the way that he feels necessary, especially if it is not um, breaking any laws like some protests break laws because that's the purpose like civil disobedience i purposely break the law so that i can heighten the um, awareness he doesn't need to break the law and he did not by sitting down so there's no issue here now if you don't feel the need to do it this way that's on you but you need not to be talking about it and um you played in Baltimore your whole career. You need to be talking about this Baltimore City Police Department and that report that just came out from the Department of Justice about your city that you still live in, most likely, and about how destructive they have been to the people that always be wearing Ray Lewis shirts and miss you at M&T Bank Stadium. That's what you should be talking about. Don't be talking about what Colin's doing. How about you talk about what you are or are not doing to ensure that police in Baltimore and across the country are not beating kids up because they want to sit on a center block or making people leave a place that they're literally just standing at or the countless other disgusting things that the Baltimore City Police Department was found doing in that that report. Maybe you should talk about that. But no, Ray Lewis want to sit up here and skin and grin and talk about what Colin's doing. Colin ain't bothering you. Colin is not bothering you. Colin did the most quiet protest. (laughs) He literally just sat there. That is all he did. And he did it for all of the games. So, I mean, I just, I don't see it for this. And, oh my God. I I just, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Shannon Sharp, I know I put it out there that it was Sterling Sharp, his brother, but it was Shannon Sharp that did a, very good for the most part um um depiction not depiction but he he told skip bayless on skip bayless's new show on fox sports which you know we always have a side eye for anything fox related but um Skip Bayless moved over from from um, ESPN to Fox News. And so Shannon, he and Shannon have basically the same type of show that he did with uh, Stephen A. Smith, but whatever. Um, so Shannon Sharp was telling, was really calling the role and talking about why Colin was protesting. And basically said exactly what Colin said um, in his initial conversations about his protest, which is... You can't tell me that I am disrespecting the military, A, when there is no, there's no link to the national anthem and the military. That doesn't, that link does not happen. It is the national, it is the nation's anthem. It is not specifically for the military. That's one. Secondly is, is that, um, Colin already talked about how the military, um, the black military had been disrespected in this nation, how they went and fought wars and then came back, fought foreign wars and then came back 
and were in segregation were allowed to um, benefit from the GI Bill. Everybody talks about the GI Bill and how it was so great. Well, that really was not um, attainable for black veterans. Black veterans didn't really get the educational benefits from the GI Bill. Black black veterans did not get the housing benefits from the GI Bill. So when when white veterans were able to use the GI Bill to go to college or to build a house, we weren't a, black veterans weren't able to to do that. And so if you're talking about this being disrespectful to veterans, which veterans are you talking about? Because veterans come in all races. And if I don't have the uniform on, just like if I don't have my police uniform on, black police officers are also subject to police brutality issues when they're out of uniform. There was a police chief somewhere that was talking about how he was pulled over and talked to disrespectfully because they did not recognize that that was the chief, that the police officers did not recognize that that was a chief or a district chief or something like that until he dragged them into his office a few days later. So this is a blackness issue, not a role in which people of people of African descent are in. It does not. I mean, <clears throat> um, I talked about um, an incident that I had at the University of Michigan. Um, I talked about it on Facebook and on Twitter the other day, um, and I'm still, you know, discussing it with a University of Michigan Police Department um, officials. I spoke with the chief of police yesterday, and had a really good conversation with the chief of police yesterday. So thank you to uh, Chief Newman for that. And I'm going to continue to have conversations with him and other officials at the University of Michigan because um, what I won't do is be out here championing the University of Michigan, being a daughter of the University of Michigan alumni um, and being a native of Ann Arbor and having these issues um, come about and I not speak out about it. So I'll keep you all posted about my own personal issue um, that I had recently while I was at home. Um, but, um, the fact still remains that this is a racial, it's, it's a blackness issue because you even see black police officers treating other black people in a, um, in a particular way. The best evidence of this is the Walter Scott, um, killing in North Charleston, South Carolina, where the white officer shot him shot Walter Scott in the back as he is running away in a field where there was no one. Um, And then the black officer approaches Walter Scott, does not say anything to the white officer, does not render aid to to Walter Scott, but helps him almost plant a gun on Walter Scott. So for it not have been um, that for the video, um, that was recording of this incident, Walter Scott would have been blamed. Um, they would have tried to say that Walter Scott shot at the police officer and uh, the police officer had to shoot him back in self-defense. I know it <laughs> with every fiber of my being. That's exactly what the narrative would have been. Um, and the black officer did nothing. He did absolutely nothing. So this is not a white officer versus black people issue it is a it is a culture of the police that stretches back to the beginnings of police departments about how they have treated black people 
and then other people of color as they have uh, grown in the population here in the United States. That is what we are fighting against. And so all these NFL players who have been tapped to speak out against what Colin is doing, you need to really check your privilege and check yourself because whether or not you the method of his protest is is tickles your fancy is irrelevant. The fact of the matter is, is what he is protesting is what you need to get behind. Um, and so I'm waiting to see what happens now. Um, I, I I started all this because I'm excited about the NFL season. But as I stated that it it, it there's always a. Um, You're like, it's like you want to cheer, but then you don't want to cheer because you're just like, what y'all do too much. That I mean, another example was that I didn't get to watch um, the the Broncos and the Carolina game on Thursday because I was uh, preparing to come to Florida. Um, but they were talking about how Cam kept getting hit in the head and no fouls were called. This man is six six. You can't see that if it is a foul. It's a foul. Um, or if it's a penalty, it's a penalty. Irrespective of upon which player it is coming. I mean, there was one clip that they showed on one of these shows, ESPN, NFL Network, somebody, where you can clearly see the player aiming for um, Cam's face. So then what? Um, y'all just not gonna call this? Y'all not going to do anything? They said that there was no, um, there was no penalty. Uh, he did not go into a concussion protocol. Nothing. Nothing happened. So, and this is actually a carryover from last year where they were talking about how Cam gets treated as a quarterback much differently than other, um, prominent white quarterbacks. And I'm like, so there is a difference between superstar quarterbacks and other quarterbacks, which is a problem. That if something happened to Brady or to Drew Brees or to Aaron Rodgers, it would be called instantly. Or uh, when he was playing um, Peyton Manning, that for like a Tyrod Taylor or a Tim Tebow when he was playing or... Uh, somebody else who was just not as good, it would not be. That's a superstar thing. But when you cut across racial lines, that's, I mean, that's kind of an issue as well. So I just, I, all of this to say, I really just need the NFL to get it on, get its life together because it's always a struggle if it's not, you know, um, unfair treatment with the players it is their ridiculous way of of uh, combating domestic violence with their players or allowing people <laughs> with domestic violence issues to continue to play or like the front office talking about they don't want to hire um Colin Kaepernick but I wish I could find who those front office people were because I am sure that you have hired a person who has on record domestic violence issues have been arrested for domestic violence or a countless other atrocities against women or against people that you have allowed to be on your team. So the Dallas Cowboys, 
front office better not have fixed their face to say anything about Colin. They should be the quietest of church mouse, church mice. Um, and wherever Greg Hardy is now, they too. Carolina Panthers, them too. Because if anybody should have been gone and not playing football anymore besides you know uh, these other rapists that are on these teams that nobody talks about like Ben Roethlisberger then it should be Greg Hardy but Greg Hardy is sitting nice wherever Tampa Bay or somewhere here in Florida where he's currently playing um and nobody has a problem so whatever um lastly I will say so you know Again, started to end it on the high notes. Shout out to my Tennessee Titans. I am super excited uh, for this, the prospects for the season. I hope that I can go see a football game um, in Nashville. I doubt it, but I hope, you know, hope spring is eternal. So, um, I think that's a lot for today. Uh, I don't think I have... Um, much else next week is the congressional black caucus annual legislative conference week so everybody pretty much is black is going to descend upon dc for this week of conversation networking and parties um so it should be a fun time and a hectic time in dc um if you are in dc hit us up at say what now Kay Crane or hit me up personally at Kay Crane on Twitter. Let me know which parties you're going to. If you're looking for something to do while you're in D.C., I suggest that you um, hit up the D.C. Fab CBCF list um, that is produced by Joy McKenzie and D.C. Fab, her group. Uh, every year she does an annual uh, booklet about all of the different parties and the different sessions that are happening during the week. So if you want a comprehensive list, I suggest that you go over there um, to the fabempire.com is her website and check it out. Um, also, um, see if you could actually attend the conference as well as attend some of the events um and the parties because the conference is really important and they have seen dwindling numbers over the years and there's been some controversy of whether or not they're actually going to continue having the conference itself um so i encourage you to not only attend the events in the evening but also attend the conference in the day if you're able to come to the district of columbia so with that said i hope that you have a great week um and we'll see you next week on Say What Now. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, um, at Say What K, Say What K Crane. Email us um, if you have any questions at Say What Crane at gmail.com. And we'll talk to you later. Bye.